Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. When it's time to party, we will party hard. And welcome into another great edition of That Sports Show. Not just any sports show, That Sports Show. I am Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome in. This is the Impact Media All Sports Weekly Show. Got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about today. It's it's just been an incredible week. It's... It's, I mean, obviously, if I'm just not doing this show now, and you have four check, we'll still be later on tonight. Uh, lots to talk about. We'll talk about college football. I'll talk a little about Thursday night football since it's already happened. Uh, a lot of the action's happening as we speak right now. Um, we'll go over my picks. Got some NFL notes, some good, some bad, some in between. But first. I mean, you know, we'll talk Swarm. They just did some fun things. We will... We will get into that later as well. But I want to tell a little story. Um, On Friday... I was, uh, I had two unexpected gifts uh, given to me. Um, one by my day gig as uh, kind of a, an early bonus, if you will. Not really a bonus, but you know, just to but, uh, appreciate what you do. And uh, the, the second gift was actually the same somebody that I deal with on a, a uh, daily basis, and uh, they like how I conduct business. So uh, it, it was it was fun, and it was unexpected, and what a crazy way to start uh, my Friday. Um, it kind of felt like Wiley Cody a little bit, in that I'm looking for the piano that could fall, or I'm looking for the edge of the cliff because we, I can't find the Roadrunner. But in a way, 
sometimes we find that we're chasing the roadrunner either not realizing we're not going to catch the roadrunner or that proverbial roadrunner, what do we do once we catch him? And that's that's kind of a little bit about what we'll get into today. What what do you do when you actually achieve something you, you want to achieve? Now what? Now what do you do? And and in doing that, uh, there's simple answers for the uh, the examples I'm going to give here. Uh, congratulations to the Georgia State Panthers on going to the Tax Act Camellia Bowl on December 25th. Yes, that's Christmas. 2.30, they're going to take on Ball State, and they are also going to be the only game on during that time. The only game on during that time. We're going to preview that game next week a little more, but here is the first example I'm going to give of Chase the Roadrunner. When Coach Sean Elliott took over Georgia State, they had been to a bowl game. They had been to the Cure Bowl. I actually attended that one in Orlando. That's a fun one. If, if you get a chance to go to that one, that's a fun one. It's for a great cause as well. They all are. They all stand behind things. But the Cure Bowl, it's all about uh, cancer and breast cancer and things like that. And it's just fantastic. But Coach Trent Miles had gotten Georgia State to the point where they were trying to establish being a being uh, going to bowl games being an annual event because up until then that was the first they had ever been to and after a bad season the following year uh, that's when coach Elliott took up well, coach Elliott the I think I don't know if he'll he'll ever give a list but what he wanted to establish, what he's been able to establish here, too, at Georgia State is consistency and week in and week out, Georgia State being a threat to the other team. Sometimes they haven't played well. Sometimes they, they've played better than people expected. But overall, you look each year and consistently, each year, they are in bowl contention, if not at a bowl. And I say that. This will be the fifth year that Coach Elliott is in charge of Georgia State. This will be the fourth bowl game in five years, including three in a row. He went his first year, didn't go his second year, has went his third, his fourth, and now his fifth. Simple math there. But I believe the roadrunner that he is chasing, he's still chasing it, is to not only go to a bowl game every year, there's a couple roadrunners. One one roadrunner is in going to a bowl game every year and being a contender to win that bowl game every year. I'm not sure who the favorite is, but Georgia State has a very good opportunity, a very good shot. They are not deep underdogs. I have not seen the spread. My guess is they may be a slight favorite over Ball State. So he's he's potentially caught that roadrunner. But I think even what Wiley Coyote found out in the cartoons, and yes, I'm making these references, what I think he was able to find out was that when you catch 
if you when you catch the road runner, if you don't know what to do, you have options. You can eliminate the road runner, or you can let the road runner go to try to catch them again. Because maybe you like the chase better than the outcome. Or you find a new roadrunner. That's something Wiley Cody never did. He always chased the same roadrunner. Because I think he enjoyed the chase. Coach Elliott may enjoy the case, the chase. But what he also enjoys is tracking multiple roadrunners. So while, like I said, I would argue I could argue that he's caught this roadrunner on being on going to fall games every year. Three out of five years, or four out of five years, including three in a row, that's that's considered an annual thing. But he's also got this team where they are, if not a favorite, just a slight dog in every one of these to pull off the win. They very much can beat Ball State, and I think they will. Like I said, we'll break that game down. But herein lies, where is his next roadrunner? I think it's something that he was just short of this year, and that is on top of going to a bowl game each year and on top of being having the opportunity to win a bowl game each year. I think it's a Sun Belt title. I think he very much wants to, first of all, represent the East Division and the East side of yeah, the East Division in the Sun Belt. And then I think he wants to win the Sun Belt and he wants to win it again and again. And again, I think those are his new roadrunners. I really do. And he said, somebody asked him, uh, I believe it was E. Marcel Pertut of the Sports Acquire. Shout out to E. Marcel Pertut of the Sports Acquire. If you're not, that's another one you should listen to. He, he does awesome. Uh, he does Georgia State coverage. He does a lot of uh, Georgia Tech sports coverage. And uh, his Atlanta United takes are fantastic. Check those out. But he asked Coach at the press conference, what do you think of Cincinnati being in the top four? We'll get to that in a second. And he said, look, because you're not going to find a, uh, or it's going to be hard to find a bigger fan of Cincinnati when they take on Alabama than Coach Sean Elliott. Funny reference. Stuff like that usually doesn't get but he said it's it's great because especially being a part of just the group of five as opposed to the big five conferences, being one of the, the, the other five conferences, seeing one of your own up there, you want to be a fan of them because you want to see it more often. It's going to take hard work to do that. But nobody's going to give that respect or appreciation more than, than Coach Elliott. So... Like I said, we will talk more about the tax at Camellia Bowl versus Ball State next week. Moving on. While we're at it, let's stay with college football. There's a lot of stuff to talk about college football-wise. I just mentioned two of the four. Let's talk about those real quickly because I very much think the committee got the matchups right. I think they got the order wrong, but the matchups are more important to me. And they should be to you. I thought that it should have went Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati, Georgia. Makes sense, right? Because one versus one being Michigan versus four being UGA. I thought that was the first matchup. 
Bama at two, Cincinnati at three. I thought that was the next matchup. Well, we had, we get those matchups. They just had the order a little differently. And the order, of course, was Alabama one, Michigan two, UGA three, Cincinnati four. That's fine. I understand where you're coming from on that. I could do something with that. And we'll break these games down as we get closer to them. But... This is better than the BCS. This is better than some of the other things we've had. They got it right. These are the four best teams in the country. And you could argue five and six. That's fine. You argue them all you want. Five and six, that means you get a pretty decent bowl somewhere else. And we're going to preview all the bowls a little bit, at least talk about them as we come up to them. Because they will kick off on the 17th, which is Friday. So that encourages me to do this show before next Friday. But now, some other headlines. Look, let's just go to this. The reason why this is what the committee wants. The committee wants Alabama to beat Cincinnati. They're probably the perennial favorite. They want Georgia to beat Michigan. They're probably a slight favorite. And they want to see Bama versus UGA for the title. Okay, well, the chaos version, the the anti-that is Michigan versus Cincinnati, which would be very fun. It would be a chaos circus. It would be an interesting matchup. Uh, you get a different set of eyeballs into that. Uh, it would be interesting. But then we get in, you know, we get into the, what if Cincinnati beats Alabama? Do we want to see Cincinnati UGA? That'd be pretty decent. We just talked about Michigan-Cincinnati. And then we go to the flip side of that. What if Michigan beats UGA? Now, I know a lot of dog fans listen to this. I'm not automatically picking one or the other because it's, hey, it's no secret. Georgia is not my team. That Michigan actually is. But I am going to be as as unbiased as possible when I break this game down uh, probably in a couple weeks. We'll talk about it a little bit each week. But either way. But Michigan and UGA are very similar in the way they run, in the way they are. They both rely heavily on the run. That's where their bread and butter is. They have uh, defensive fronts that are just outstanding. They have uh, potential, you know, top ten picks on the defense. Their running backs could easily play in the NFL. They have quarterbacks who you may not pick first. Or second to be on your team, but you're sure glad they're on your team. Stetson Bennett is is not a world beater, but he's done a dang good job. Let's just put it this way, UGA fans. You guys keep calling for JT Daniels. You guys have been calling for him all year, and he's only got spot duty here and there. That's telling me that Kirby Smart and these coaches see something, whether it's on the field, whether it's in the locker room, whether it's on the practice field that they're committed to keeping him there. It is what it is. You know, all these coaches have to make these decisions. Do we not remember a couple years ago, and once again, I'm not bashing you, but a couple years ago in the national title, Alabama was down in the first half. Then they brought in their backup quarterback. Saban decided to pull the chain right there on Jalen Hurts. He puts in a guy by the name of Tua Tagovailoa, 
Yeah. And to say, oh, well, it's because he's good and he's not good. Well, right now they're both pretty equal starters in the NFL. So it's kind of hard to say one's better than the other. But he puts that in and it turns the game around. It's going to come down to who can pull the trigger when they need to and who knows how to take their finger off of it when they need to. We'll get more into that in the coming weeks. Mostly the NCAA news that I want to talk about, the college news, is the coaching carousel that is going on right now. And my goodness, is it a carousel. It is like you old up all the horses and everybody is just trying their best to stay on. Let's start here. Uh, Brent Venables, who is the Clemson defensive coordinator, he's going to be the Oklahoma head coach. And we already know the terms. It's going to be six years, $43.5 million. Good for Brent Venables. We knew he was going to get an opportunity soon. I guess Dabo has given his coordinators permission to talk to people. Because that being said, Virginia has hired Tony Elliott, who is the Clemson Offensive coordinator. We don't know the terms of that yet. I'm not even that worried about coaches' terms. What they make is what they make. So what? It's between them and the school. It's not between us. Or the boosters, I guess. But, so Dabo has now lost both his coordinators. Now, is he going to be like Saban and whoever he brings in? I've been through this before a little bit. I don't think never both at the same time. But now it's going to be interesting to see because clearly he's not going to leave because he would have left already for one of these other jobs. He's got a pretty good job. Let's see what Clemson does. And good luck to Oklahoma and Virginia with their new hires. I think that is a step in the right direction for those particular programs. Um, also, Mario Cristobal is going to leave Oregon to go to Miami because Miami found out they could get Mario Cristobal, and they told their coach, Deuces, Goose. It's also... See, I just saw it. Trying to find it, trying to find it. Where was it? It was... Um, I don't see it, but anyway. Basically... The former Miami coach just got hired to be the coach uh, somewhere else. So, you know, congratulations to him on that. Let's see. Yep, don't, I, I don't see it anymore. All right, whatever it is. Either way, uh, Mario Cristobal to... Miami, the Miami coaches went somewhere as well. So who goes to Oregon? Now, I actually know, but 
at some point, somebody started the rumor that why not Chip Kelly return? Because no. Since he's left Oregon, he did a slightly average job as the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. A slightly okay job in San Francisco. He's done okay in uh, UCLA, but UCLA found out that he could potentially go to Oregon, and they probably said, hey, go for it. I think they're looking to get away from him. And I don't think he's a bad coach, but I don't think he's uh, a world beater, as I like to call it. But Oregon, you don't have to worry about that because... And here's another one for you, Bulldog fans. Dan Lanning. Yep, that's the defensive coordinator for Georgia. He's been named the new head coach of Oregon. I don't know if he's going to coach in the bowl game. My guess is yes. But Dan Lanning, who is another guy who has been a coordinator for a while and uh, probably wanted the chance to be a head coach, well, he's he's getting that chance. Uh, what else do we have here? Oh, congratulations to Jim Harbaugh for winning the AP Coach of the Year. He is the first Michigan head coach to ever win that award. And uh, I'm happy for him. Not just because he coaches Michigan, who's my favorite team. You guys know that, like we said. But no, I'm, I'm happy because he's having one of the best years probably of his career. And he was doing, and he's actually, this is the longest tenure he has been at any job. He was four years before he went to Stanford. Where was that? Colorado State or something. He was four years at Stanford. He was four years at the 49ers. And then he goes to his alma mater, and this is actually year five. And remember, in the offseason, they negotiated his contract down. So he's making less money this year. And they used that money to, uh, I think, pay the salaries and other things for a lot of people that were affected by COVID. So this Harbaugh's got something to prove. He always did, but now he officially had something to prove. And... Uh, you beat Ohio State. You win the Big Ten. You're you're in the Final Four with a chance to win a national title. Probably the only thing that could be more icing on the cake is if he wins the national title and he would have beat Michigan State. But, hey, he'll take it. Can't win them all. He finally beat Ohio State. He got that off his back. He's finally with a chance to win a national title. When's the last time you said it about Michigan? I'll give you a hint. It's been a while. So good for Jim Harbaugh, which leads me into one of my NFL headlines. There's going to be some head coaching vacancies coming up, and here are the ones that I, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to see. And there could be more. These are just the ones I'm going with right now. The Las Vegas Raiders are going to be looking for a coach. The Minnesota Vikings. The Chicago Bears. The Denver Broncos and the New York Giants. Now, there is a weird, quirky 
rumor, but connection out there. In the same way that Mark Davis and, and the Grudens have a weird friendship relationship. Jim Harbaugh to the Raiders would be interesting. I personally don't think he's going to leave Michigan, but it's fun to think about. You know, could he go to Minnesota? Maybe he wants to work with Kirk Cousins. Could he want to work with Justin Fields in Chicago? Could he, you know, if he goes to Denver, he's getting a quarterback somewhere. And the same thing if he, go, if he goes to the Giants. I don't think he'd go to either one of those. I wouldn't leave Michigan. Honestly, I wouldn't leave Michigan for either of those five, but that's just me. Michigan is a top five job in college football, again, thanks to him. And that rumor is going to be swimming out there. It really is. Like I said, I don't think that Las Vegas would be a place that he would want to go. Because right now he's surrounded by family and friends and his alma mater. I'd stay there for as long as I could. He knows the NFL could be calling somewhere down the road. Probably will for a while. So keep scratching the itch you want to scratch. Uh, i got to talk about this. This happened earlier in the week, and uh, it's, it's just terrible. Former Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket and Denver Bronco, among other teams, uh, wide receiver Demarius Thomas passed away. Uh, it's all speculation. A lot of people, or, or a lot of uh, people close to him were kind of hinting towards it could have been medical complications. He, he did recently have a uh, car wreck. That thing shook him up a little bit. Either way, uh, that guy's a local, for you people who don't know. Not just because he went to Georgia Tech. No, he's from the Atlanta area. He was in the Atlanta area when he passed at, at his house, I believe. Um, probably the second-best receiver at Georgia Tech behind Calvin. He uh, he just he was super cool and a great player. Did some amazing things, and uh, he's he's going to be missed. He was only thirty three. He was only thirty three, and it doesn't matter honestly what age you are when you pass. It's terrible, but thirty three, man, that's that's young. Uh, some other oh. Here's a, I missed a college headline. My apologies. The Duke head coaching job is no longer vacant. A lot of people thought, I was not one of them, a lot of people thought the recently fired Jason Garrett, who is a big Duke fan, could maybe be the head coach there. Well, Duke may have considered that, but they ended up hiring Texas A&M's defensive coordinator Mike Elko. So, I think it's a way better opportunity. I think it's a way better. That's that's what I would do. It, Jason Garrett is very pro-minded. I'm not saying he can't coach in college. I just, if I'm Duke, I, I go, your defense is what needs help, not your offense right now. So, you go with the defensive coordinator. I think Mike Elko is going to do a good job. Uh, even though the game already happened, I did pick Army over Navy.
and Navy did win, so congratulations to Navy. But you're looking at eight and three versus three and eight. That's that was that was my whole logic on them playing. And not my whole logic. I saw Army play a couple times this year, including up front. And every time I bet against them, they smoked me. So one with Army. But as cool as it was for Navy to win, it was like nineteen to thirteen or something like that. Think of it this way. If you ever want to feel good about the state of this country, you go to the Army-Navy game. It's it's on my list. I would like very much to be able to go to that game at some point. Because not only do you get all those Army and Navy football members playing there, but you get the cadets and the, the, the shipmen and all of them. And you just look across the stands and you say, you know what? America's best dang country in the world. And I feel good about where we're going because all these people are going to fight till the end. But so it's, it really is a super game. I'm glad it's always the week after the conference title games and that it's always standalone by itself as it should be. Uh, Viking Steelers, this game. In the first half, the Vikings showed us what they can do if they want to. And that's run over an aging quarterback who was having issues, and Kirk Cousins can make some incredible throws, especially when he's got Justin Jefferson, when he has uh, K.J. Osborne, who had a good day, when he has Dalvin Cook, and their offensive front is really good. And the Steelers reminded us that even though Big Ben is definitely in his last year, and he's barely, he's, his, his tank is approaching empty, he's not done yet. Not done yet. They all but came back in this game, and it, it was, I, I, I didn't see it coming. But by the time it did, there was no flipping back and forth or anything like that. There was very much, uh, my eyes are glued to this. They all but came back. You know, you got to give credit to a team like Buffalo in case they get down big against Tampa Bay later today. You've, you know, that they have the potential to come back if they can, if they get all the wheels going. Them, the Steelers, uh, I would say the Washington Football Team, Minnesota, all the, all these teams are, you know, trying to eke into the playoffs. And if they do, they could wreck somebody because they're talented. Could you imagine what Pittsburgh could do if they didn't have or if they had uh, a better quarterback? I still keep saying Russell Wilson. I don't know that he's necessarily the best fit now, but could you imagine if they, they had somebody who could play a little better, even though based off the back half of this game, you'd say Big Ben could still do everything he could do. Great Thursday night game, though. It just really was. The Vikings ended up with a win. Congratulations to them on that. Uh, Georgia Swarm kicked off last weekend. They had their, or they have their second game. They had theirs. Haven't watched it yet. They had their second game earlier today of the year. This season so far, they started last week against uh, Colorado. They, I believe, they hosted Colorado. They uh, lost that one, sixteen. Yeah, the uh, the Mammoth, the Colorado Mammoth. Want to get that right? They lost sixteen to eleven. 
Uh, they faced a riptide earlier today. I think we did pretty well. I purposely have ignored uh, text and updates about that because I want to watch the game a little later. But, hey, the Swarm, they are looking really good this year. It doesn't look like they're going to win a lot of games like 20 to 12 like they used to, but they're going to eke out some some 15 to 14, some some uh, even 20 to 19. This team is a lot more defensive than we have been in recent years, and that's not a takeaway from the offense because, heck, we, we still got uh, – We still got what is his name? Shane. Shane Jackson, that's it. We still got Lyle Thompson. We still got Shane Jackson who uh, are every game our favorites to potentially get a hat trick. And we got the best goalie in the league, Mike Poulin. You guys will know who he is. Look him up. He seriously is one of the best goaltenders in the history of the National League Lacrosse or the National Lacrosse League, whatever it is, NLL. But uh, we're hoping to get some Swarm games here soon. Hopefully you guys uh, get a chance to as well. Um, a lot of you may know, may have heard. Uh, I took my nephews to their first hockey game last night. Uh, that went well on uh, the next board check, which will be later today, uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about that. But we had a blast. Looks like I've converted two more, uh, two more people into hockey fans, and uh, like I said, we'll talk a little more about that. But definitely check out the Swarm if you can. They're on Peachtree TV here locally. You can also catch them, I think, on ESPN Plus. Every game, every game, not just one or the other. Every game. Yeah, just fantastic. All right, let's go over the picks. Let's start with college from last week. Told you to take UGA over Bama. I missed that one, 41-24. to 24. I just didn't see that coming. But it seems like to me that Alabama and Nick Saban are still in UGA's head. And UGA decided they wanted to change up the game plan they've had and do the polar opposite of what they've done the first 12 games of the year which was feature the run and accent it with passes to the outside and over the middle. Instead, they decided they wanted to put on an aerial display, and you fed right into what Alabama wanted you to do. I told you to take Appalachian State over Louisiana. 24-16, to just barely missed that one. Good season for both of them. Good season for both of them. It really was. They, uh, they're both headed to bowls. To round out them and Georgia State, that would be three of the four, I believe, teams from the Sun Belt who are going. I forgot who the other one is. It is, oh, Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State, Georgia State, and Louisiana are all going to be going to bowl games. It's fantastic for the Sun Belt. But those are the two that I missed. Here's the three that I got. I told you to take Utah over Oregon because Utah has smoked Oregon earlier this season. They did it again here, 46-13. to 13. And now Utah is going to the Rose Bowl for winning the Pac-10, Pac-12, whatever it's called. I told you to take Baylor over Oklahoma State, 21-16. to 16. That was a thriller. 
had told you to take Michigan over Iowa, 42-3. Probably the easiest pick of the week. NFL picks. Didn't do quite as well there. Went 2-3. and three. Uh, I said take Baltimore over Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh came back in that one. 20-19. Told you to take Denver over Kansas City. Kansas City won 22-9. Kansas City's really heating up. Told you to take Cincinnati over the L.A. Chargers. Looks like the Chargers have woken up. 41 to 22 in that one. Here's the ones I, I got. I said take Washington football team over Las Vegas. 17 to 15. That means a victory. Told you to take New England over Buffalo in one of the coldest games of the year so far. You saw New England methodically break down Buffalo and show you how to win. Mac Jones only attempted three passes. He was two for three. And apparently one of the three passes he had was he audibled at the line of scrimmage and promptly got yelled at. Because of it. But they ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball. They forced Josh Allen to try to throw into the wind all the time, which was okay. But his receivers were having a tough time catching. And they won the game. So I went two and three in that. Uh, College-wise, Army versus Navy was my only pick for the week. I told you to take Army. I was wrong. That happens. In the NFL told you to take Las Vegas over Kansas City. I told you to take Dallas over the Washington football team. Atlanta over Carolina. Cincinnati over San Francisco. That was a 425 game. Or that is a 425 game. And on Monday Night Football, take the Arizona Cardinals over the L.A. Rams. So, maybe by the time you listen to this, some of these games have come to fruition. And you can tell me how right or wrong I was. Uh, I don't feel great about the Las Vegas pick, but take Las Vegas over Kansas City. Dallas over Washington football team. Atlanta over Carolina. That one's going to be close, but I think Atlanta's going to hang on. Take Cincinnati over San Francisco. You never know about San Francisco. And take Arizona over L.A. Rams in the nightcap. But that's going to do it for us this week. Shout out to all you amazing who make this so much fun to come on and talk uh, football, Georgia State, college football, uh, the Swarm, rugby will be fired up here soon. So much fun to come on here and talk about it. Love all your questions, comments, suggestions. Love debating sports with you guys. Love running you guys in person. It was nice meeting all you uh, earlier. But I'm Jeremy the Impact York. This has been That Sports Show. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses.